Bring me shelter. I will not harm you. Bring me shelter, please. Bring me shelter. I will not harm you. I would shelter you. People would do anything for their families. It could happen to anyone anytime. Somebody in France, somebody in England basically sat down with a ruler and just drew lines on that. There are many different ethnic and religious groups that have been divided across borders, and this has caused a significant amount of conflict. There are a lot of people who need safety. It is really cruel for a country like Australia to have policies that are focused only on pushing people away. What we're seeing is a number of people that remain in a state of limbo. And when non-sustainable land use combined with climate change, the crisis of refugees... I wasn't able to go and play with children. I had to go and really be an adult from a very young age. I think that's something that a lot of migrant children can relate to. Really, it was a dream for me to reunite with my family. I was just praying and hoping that that day will come one day. I think it's very important for people to understand that people have their own dreams as well and they're wanting to change the world with everybody else. Refugee Radio, 855 AM, 3CR. Good morning and welcome to this brisk morning, uh, Sunday the 30th of March. My name's Amanda and it's a pleasure to be with you on the airwaves. You're listening to 3CR's Refugee Radio. It's 10 AM and I'll be with you for the next half hour. Don't worry about being cold this morning because we've got something to warm you up. This morning on the show, we will be joined by Mary Zunazi, a documentary film producer who is currently working on a film exploring Rebetica music called Rebetica Blues. We'll be discussing how the documentary came about, as well as the role Rebetica plays in helping to tie together disparate Greek diasporas and how it's emblematic of broader migration stories. celebrate the end of Radiothon with the friendliest punks around. Greek Resistance Bulletin is throwing a party featuring Pest, Somatized, Parlour, Punter and Gun Laws on Saturday the 6th of July at Bar 303. That's 303 High Street in Northcote. Listen on Tuesdays at 10pm for news from the social movements of Greece in English and Greek and join us to celebrate the diversity of punk and support Community Radio 3CR. Check out Greek Resistance Bulletin on Facebook for more details. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 0394198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to.
Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Mary, and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here this morning. Now, firstly, for our listeners, would you like to explain a little bit about what Rebetica is? Yes. Well, Rebetica music is a music that developed in the 20, early 20th century in Greece. It's an urban music, but it's also a music I call of refugees. So the music sort of came from Asia Minor. And so it's a combination of kind of urban and um, ethnic sort of music that's become distinctly Greek. But what's interesting about it too is it was a music of the sort of underclass and it was the outsiders. And so it was a very raw and rough sound. And so it was always outside of the community at the time. But over time it's developed into this kind of really interesting almost like American blues kind of kind of music. It sort of tells stories of people's lives and agonies and sorrows. And from my point of view, as I said, it's a kind of a story of, of migration. And I can tell you a bit more about that in a moment too, if you like. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, in fact, that brings me to one of the questions I wanted to ask you uh, this morning. Um, I've, I've watched the trailer for the documentary and I noticed that one of the, the bylines or the, the motto on the trailer for the documentary you're directing is music has no borders. And there's definitely a lot in this statement for Rebetica, as, as you've mentioned, both for its sort of broader application to diaspora communities and migrant and refugee populations, um, as well as, in fact, your own family story. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what made you decide that, you know, yes, this documentary should be made and, and with this focus? Yeah. Well, the, I, I'll just tell you a little bit. I, was, I made a film um, called Dogs of Democracy, which was about the Greek crisis. And whilst I was in Greece at the time, and we started filming it in 2015, um, it was absolutely the time when the, the huge migrant crisis was happening in Europe. So Syrians were coming from the civil war into Greece, about one million people were passing through. And at that time, it really struck me um, about community, like how do we form community? And one of my characters in Dogs of Democracy was telling me about how she had seen Syrians and Greeks doing Rambetica together, dancing and listening to the music. And I thought, wow, you know, music is something that brings us together. It's something that transcends kind of ethnic boundaries. It's something that can connect us. It's something to make, that can make us feel, um, you know, each other's um, love and dignity and these kinds of things. So that was the starting point. And as I started to develop the film, it became very clear to me that my own story is, is alongside it, it's quite closely alongside it. So Rambetica you know, formed in the in the early 20th century, but it came from uh, Smyrna, a place called Smyrna, which was in Turkey, where Greeks and Turks and um, Armenians lived, a whole range of ethnic groups. And at this point, there was a um, what could be called a genocide, really, of people who, who were forced out of Smyrna, and one million people ended up in Greece. And and this is in 1922. And one of my, uh, my, my grandmother was one of these people. So I start the story talking about, you know, the forced migration of my own family and how it sort of tied into this relationship to the music. So the music for me is like a kind of soundtrack to migration in a way. And within it, there's, I can tell people's experience of um, living in the diaspora. And this idea of music not having borders is for me also how music 
isn't just in one location. It's influenced by other, you know, ethnicities and cultures. And in particular with Rebetica, you know, it has a Turkish influence. It has a Middle Eastern influence. And yet it's distinctly Greek. So what I guess I'm interested in is how, in a way, you know, we live our own cultures, but we're so integrated with other experiences. And there's a kind of recognition of that in music, I think. Yeah, yeah, look, absolutely. And um, again, just from the trailer and watching watching the trailer, I can see that you have interviewed quite a few people, old and young, from a number of different backgrounds. Um, and you mentioned stories. What were some of the stories or people who stood out the most for you, if you can possibly <laughs> choose? Well, you know, there's a wonderful... Um so one of the one of the way one of the things I want to reflect in this film, and I'm I'm still in production, I'm still kind of editing it, so it hasn't kind of finished yet. But is people's experience of being kind of refugees and migrants? And there's a wonderful um, Greek um, Ghana young man who's a hip hop artist in Greece, and his name is Negros Komoria, which means the black man of Greece. And he tells us, you know, he tells about his influence of Rambetica, how much he really loves it and how it fits into kind of hip-hop, you know, and how in, in a way it, it really is what hip-hop does in America is what uh, Rambetica does in Greece. It tells stories of people's realities, you know. And his own story is, is that they were um, refugees from Ghana and only recently have the laws changed in Greece where the second generation, so those born to, um, you know, um, migrants, mothers, fathers, um, didn't have legal rights until so that he was not a citizen until 2015, even though he was born in Greece. And so uh, it's a kind of also investigation through these characters, through their music, of these other things that exist socially, which are the difficulties of nation states, in a way, in, in, in kind of coming to terms with the kind of um, multiple ethnicities in which we, we now live, you know. So he's one really fantastic um, person, also a character, um, wonderful hip-hop music and, uh, you know, but blends in with the Lambetica. So I'm looking at, I guess, also the transformations of the music with different people. So he's, he's, one, he's one character who I, I, I like and love very much. And um, what what did your your family or what do your family make of of this documentary where it's sort of quite close to home for them too? Well, they haven't seen nobody's seen it yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, you know, it's in the it's in the editing. I mean, it's in the trailer, of course. But my parents have passed away, so that you know they, they and um, and really, so they they I'm doing it. I mean, I made Dogs of Democracy really as a homage. To Greece and and to them, and I think they would feel. I mean, I'm making the film really in a way to tell the stories of trans like, transgenerational trauma and so on. But the legacies of my grandmother, you know, hundred years ago, are still felt now. So I'm trying to tell these stories that migration and refugee stories don't stop just when people arrive. These stories are ongoing. They're Continuous people still have to work through a whole range of things, you know. And there's there's a way in which we as kind of people and communities have to kind of open ourselves up to just recognise that we all, you know, we all want to live. We all want to live normally and simply. And the, there are so many barriers, but we need to understand 
but people just the people in that sense. And so um, for me, the music is one way of doing it. And I think in a way it allows me to, to sort of relieve the burden of my own family, like to actually be able to investigate um, some of the things that have you know, affected me, even though you know it's 100 years later, if you know what I'm saying. It's kind of like these things just continue. Yeah, look, I'm a child of migrants myself, so I, I do I do completely understand that. Um, uh, I also wanted to ask you if you had any sort of uh, particular songs or artists who you think, um, you know, uh, embody embody this sort of spirit of Rebetica particularly for you or anything that came out within the, the process of making the documentary? Yeah. Well, as I said, I'm still making it. So. Yes, <laughs> in this ongoing process. <laughs> I, I look. I've been. I've had some wonderful. Um, look, there's some wonderful classic um, Rambetica artists that people might know the music of. For instance, well, not actually. We're not saying purely Rambetica. They've been influenced by Rambetica. So there's Nikos Theodorakis, and people would know it through the Zorba the Greek kind of soundtrack, you know, you know that one with Anthony Quinn, and that would be the most familiar version, say, of a version of, of an Ambetica in popular culture. But I've been um, very lucky to be working with a composer for the film called Constantinos Vita, who does a kind of modern take on Rambetica, and the opening kind of track of the trailer that you hear is his version of a, a very old... Um, Rambetica song, which is very eerie and, and, and it tells really the story in a way about people's dreams and migration and it's just this kind of rough and raw sort of music. So he's been very uh, important in the making of the film. But I also have interviewed somebody who I've also um, really loved as a character and as a person and it's um, Jim Sklovanos who's half Greek, half Italian and he's the drummer for Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and he um, came to Rebetica himself. He wrote about it um, a while back and he's never really played it, but for the film we organised a jam with him and a famous um, Rambetica player in Greece called Stelios Zambakaris, who's the son of the patriarch of Rambetica, a guy called Marcos Zambakaris. And that was a real honour to see, you know, Jim playing something that he doesn't usually play and this kind of a famous... Um, player come together. The only the only thing that happened well the only thing happened it's very sad actually in the last couple of weeks that Stelios died. So I've just got this footage of this you know wonderful man that, that happened, you know, three or four weeks ago and he died last week. So it's one of those things, you know, that when you're also making a film, sometimes these things happen and you have to find a way also to incorporate them. But yeah, so that's the influence. And Jim's story is also really interesting. You know, the kind of growing up in America, being Greek, being Italian, what all that meant to him, um, you know, why he came to music, all those sorts of stories. That's another angle also within the film. Yeah, wow. There's just there's just so so much going on. There's so many really quite wonderful layers. Um, as as you were mentioning that, uh, unfortunately, um, one of your interviewees ha- has passed away. It struck me as potentially um, maybe that's also part of the impetus for creating a documentary, so we can get these stories down while um, some of the older generation is still here with us. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is always the thing that I feel, you know, I know a lot of my friends feel like this, you know, we wished we'd actually taken stories of our mothers and fathers, you know, because you can't remember things. And I think, you know, 
uh, in a way too. This is this is the way of, of telling, you know, yeah, recording people's stories, particularly older generations, but also in a way being able to tell your own too. So sometimes when you don't have those testimonies anymore, uh, what's the beauty of kind of creative work is that you can create them, you know, and try to fill in the gaps. And I think that's also a really important thing for people. When you, For instance, for people that have lost their families, um, you know, who have come on their own or, you know, still waiting for people or maybe that they, they never connect ever again. Um, I think being able to try to create for yourself those stories to help heal those um, traumas, I think, is really important too. So for me, in a way, because I never met my grandmother, you know, she's an imaginary figure to me, but she's part of my life, you know, she's part of my history. Um, so for me, this is also trying to tell a story that I don't even know about, so I'm discovering, you know, bits of this history and bits of that history. And so I think that's a really wonderful thing about you know, film, documentary, writing, any kind of creative expression, really. Or any any, any search, I suppose, into one's life. Um, and I know from um, from speaking with you yesterday, I got to have a little bit of a chat with you as we were lining this interview up. You said that um, you know there were there were some really quite obvious crossovers between those stories of um, Greek migration and diaspora, uh, as well as what um, was going on in you know 2015, 2016, still going on now with the um, Syrian uh, forced displaced people who have come into to Greece, and those um, you know those those sort of moods and stories of people who are waiting for others who've come by themselves you mentioned mm-hmm. that and and that's that's what I thought of and I know that you said um obviously that uh, there was so many crossovers into that with this documentary as well yeah I, I have a young Syrian man who um, I've sort of uh, met and followed over the last couple of years who's uh, a musician and I actually came across and he's another um, character within the film and he, I, I came across him actually. There's a, a place in Athens called City Plaza, which is an occupied hotel, which um, actually welcomes refugees. So it's basically um, they look, you know, it's all sort of by volunteers, and it's a hotel where people stay. And he he had been living there, and there was a jam session with him and the famous um, artist musician Manu Chow, and they were doing a um, a jam session. And I sort of saw this. Um, videotape of this so and he's got this incredible voice so I connected with him and got to learn more of his story and also then you know following up over the years i you know he's also developed this relationship with Arambetica so he started to learn Arambetica instruments and that's because it is this music that does tell his own stories in some ways which is what he was saying it, it expresses um, the feeling and the sentiment of both being a kind of urban music but also a music of migration so I think the film, what I'm trying to also do in this documentary is through music, through this idea that music has no borders, trying to kind of see the sort of humanity that we all have and connect it to people who don't usually see it, you know. And that, that you know, and, and I think music's one way of doing it. And in um, my film Dogs of Democracy, I brought people to the film through people's interest in dogs. I was able to tell a story about the economic crisis. And in this one, I want to tell a story about the migrant crisis through the music. And I should say, it's, because it is still in production, we're still sort of trying to raise funds and so on and so forth. But we, we aim to release it uh, next year, 2020. Okay, okay. No, well, look, we will we'll definitely include a link to the fundraiser. Um, 
I also wanted to to raise with you, I I had thought to myself, oh, I do seem to remember uh, Rebetica music being put on the UNESCO Intangible Cultural Heritage List. Um, yeah. and, and I checked and, yes, in fact, that was the case as of 2017. Um, yeah. Do you think that this this is sort of quite a positive step forward in, in recognising the, the meaning of um, stories as, as part of cultural heritage? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, it's interesting because, of course, when things become recognised like that, which is totally wonderful, uh, at the same time, what needs to be remembered is the history of the story. You know, that there, that even though it's got this recognition, um, there are so many layers and differences and, and, the, and the hardship. So sometimes I find when things are recognised at some level, sometimes you can you, you forget about the struggles and the you know and how things actually kind of came to to happen and came to be. So I, I guess I think it's a positive thing, but at the same time we can't forget. Um, the struggles of people. It's a bit like feminism. You know, yeah. Think, you know, it's like, oh, and people forget that actually women, for instance, women at universities, you know, so it's, it's like we have to keep remembering that um, people's stories, people's histories are important and that's why I think filmmaking, fiction, theatre, all of these things allow people to hear stories that don't usually get told. So, yeah, so it's a long way to answer the question. No, no, no. I like long answers here. That's, that's, that's what, what we're all about. Um, and again, yesterday, as we were sort of having a bit of a chat prior to this interview, you mentioned a, a particular song by Marika Papajika that will will actually um, go out uh, today from the show, uh, Smyrneko Minore. Did you want to tell me a, a little bit about this particular song? Yes. Um, so as I was sort of mentioning earlier, Constantine Osvita, the, the composer, so he... He put together a modern version of this old, um, uh, it's almost um, a folk song actually, but it is a song um, about, well, Smyrna Menorah is a sort of a sound, particular kind of sound, but within the, the singing of this woman, she has got the most extraordinarily haunting kind of voice, and she's singing about her dreams and her love, um, and it's sort of at that you know, more personal level, but really it's about... Um, in my mind, it's about kind of migration and, and the possibilities and the dreams and the hope. And even though you may not understand the lyrics, of course, because it's in a different language, you'll, you'll get the sense of the feel of the song and its roughness and its rawness. And it's, there's something very beautiful and uncanny about it. And um, I'm very, you know, honoured to be able to have this music and um, also be able to transform it in the 21st century, you know. Now, look, we've probably got time for a few more minutes. I wanted to just ask if there was anything else you particularly wanted to add or, or talk about with your documentary. Yeah, I think, well, I guess the main thing is, is it's called Anabetica Blues and I'm also trying to make the connection between other forms or genres of music. And Anabetica um, is often um, related to things like the American blues because, as I said earlier, it's about that telling of social history and telling of stories. So I think that's one aspect of it. But the other element, actually, that um, was a surprising... So when I've, come, I've been away for the last um, while, just doing the final shooting, and I came back, and I here I interviewed Lex Marinos, the Greek actor, 
And he, he tells some wonderful stories about playing the Netica double J, you know, before it became triple J, nationwide. <laughs> um, and this was in the 70s, and they were able to experiment with this kind of music and put it to air. And I, I think that's just a wonderful story that in the 70s, in Australia, which still hadn't yet transformed itself into even recognising kind of really multiculturalism, um, here's this music being played on the airwaves. You know? <laughs> so I, I, I like the fact that this, this music has always been here in a way, and always been around, um, and it's just trying to tell these stories to bring them to the fore, I guess. But also that I, I really do believe music touches us in, in, in a way. We don't even know how it touches us. And I think being able to tap into that experience and that feeling is something that I want to um, try to convey in the film to help bring people, you know, together. Well, look, what a wonderful way to finish an interview. Thank you so very much for joining us, Mary. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you. And on that note, this has been Refugee Radio. I've been your host, Amanda, and to take us out, here is Marika Papajika with Smanico Minore.
What's up, listeners? This is Johnny Mac here. Just reminding everybody to tune in to 3CR at 11am each day from Monday, July the 8th to Friday, July the 12th for our special Beyond the Bars broadcast during NADOC. Beyond the Bars is 3CR's annual prison project, giving voice to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates across Victoria. For more information, head to our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. So make sure to listen in and support our brothers and sisters until they're home again. Good times, the my eyes.